Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When I recorded the eighth episode of Women of My Generation, my guest Sophia came up with the idea to make the most of our time in the studio, and more specifically, to record a second episode where she interviewed me. The ninth episode is therefore a bit different to the previous ones. Sophia asks questions about my ongoing project Women of My Generation, but we also talk about how I started working with combining art and activism. We talk about my passion for photography and how I got introduced to the feminist movement. We focus a lot on a project I started in 2016, which is called I Just Slipped. This photo series highlights domestic abuse and is a collaboration with Malmö Women's Shelter in Sweden. You can find the photos on my website, which is www.fannybeckman.com. In this episode, you'll hear me talk about what I want to achieve with the series and why I think it's still relevant. My name is Fanny Beckman, and this is Women of My Generation. I'm Sophia, um, and I am a friend of the wonderful Fanny Beckman, who is the amazing woman behind this podcast, Women of My Generation. We're going to do things a little bit differently in this episode. So I feel very passionately that we need to hear all about Fanny. So I've asked her if she would let me interview her this time, and she can tell us all about um, herself. Hi, Fanny. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> How does it feel? Works. It feels good. Yeah. It feels really good. I mean, we just recorded your episode yeah. as well. So obviously you're a close friend of mine. So I have, you know, you have all my trust. And I, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a privilege to be able to introduce everyone to you. So mm. if you could tell us a bit more about yourself, that would be great. Yeah, of course. Um, so, as you might know, I've said it a bit before, but not that many times. I'm originally from Sweden, mm-hmm. but I moved to the UK, to Brighton, three and a half years ago. Um, because I kind of just needed a change, yeah. and I always wanted to live in England. I thought that I would move straight up to London, actually, because <laughs> in, you know, that's what you know when you live abroad. It's London, you know. It's very centralised, England to London, I think. Yeah. But then there's so much more, obviously. And I started by going to uni at Brighton, um, what's Sussex Uni, actually. Yeah. Um, where I studied English academic writing. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then I just fell in love with Brighton and decided to <laughs> go back after spending some time in Sweden during Christmas. And I thought that I would do like work in retail or anything yeah. like that. Just I just really wanted to be in Brighton. Yeah, but don't I, we all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I ended up staying there for three and a half years up until now when I, two weeks ago, I moved up london i know you left me <laughs> no it's fine i've got you today <laughs> yeah exactly you came up here i know exciting <laughs> yeah um but yeah i'm i'm really enjoying living in uh england and now at the moment i'm trying to focus even more on my photography yes because uh, it's such a big part of my life um and also i'm really enjoying doing this podcast and meeting yes. new people and combining uh, photography with my podcast with the, with so this, exciting yeah it's like a multimedia project uh, uh-huh. women of my generation I think this is a, the most perfect extension of you um, I was saying to you earlier about how I think you are similar as a photographer as someone who has been shot by you in the mm. past you're similar as a photographer as you are to an interviewer because you are so wonderfully encouraging and gentle of taking people on their journey you know whether you're behind the camera or you're behind a microphone um so it's wonderful to see you doing these things thank you well that obviously means a lot to hear because <laughs> uh, i mean this project is so much more than just the photography because you know when I first started I wanted to question beauty standards and that's Mm. want to do but I realized how much it is about the conversations behind the photos as well um because the emotion isn't it it is and like I said to you before it's so much you know our experience are so our experiences there's wow that was a difficult word to say (laughs) (laughs) but we share so much and um I think we don't even realise how similar we are as women and, you know, what we've been through with our bodies and, you know, with female friendship, with family relationships. We have so much in common, but we don't talk that much about it. Mm -hmm. Or um, in some extent we do, but when it comes to showing yourself vulnerable and, and, you know, admit that you are insecure in some ways. Yeah. Um, because we are yeah we all are and and we all are in so many similar ways yeah exactly and I feel especially as you know a feminist and someone who I think you know the word being a strong woman is Mm. it's a bit problematic sometimes because then I've struggled with that that yeah I'm considered being a, a strong woman but that's does that mean that I can't show myself vulnerable yeah which I've now understood that it really doesn't because when I show my emotions, then other people will think that I'm brave for doing so. Yes. Then I'm even more stronger to use yeah, that Yeah, it's just getting stuck in that same patriarchal-like dichotomy of strong versus weak, of yeah. emotion versus, I don't know what the mm. other one's supposed to be, anger, exactly. because it's still an emotion. Yeah, but. yeah, but that's like the male emotion. Yeah. And again... Um, the female um, expressions uh, and Mm -hmm. that's always considered less worse um, than has been for a long for a long time 
And that's what I want to change by mm -hmm. having these kind of conversations. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> that was kind and of And you're doing yeah. you're doing a great job. Um I've really enjoyed listening to them all so far. Um but in our quest to know a little bit more about you yeah. and what brought you to wanting to do this. Um first first and foremost, I've known you as a photographer. Yes and a fantastic photographer and I would like you to let us know you know how did you get into photography so I got my first camera when I was four years old um obviously um a very small one yeah <laughs> like, small hand <laughs> a film it. one yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um you know my dad has always been into photography so I've always been encouraged to do to do that um so I'm so used to having a camera up my face all the time um <laughs> and um so I just played around with it and it became a big part of my life I mm -hmm. um I always brought my camera to school you know when we went out school camps and that kind of stuff yeah. so I was always the one with the camera <laughs> be um, the group photographer for exactly, all your friends <laughs> yeah um and I've done I've done it all I've you know shot flowers and going down to the beach and yeah you know, taking photos of sunsets and all of that but then eventually in my teens I realized that no it's portraits that I want to focus mm -hmm. on because uh, again it's a lot to do with me wanting to meet new people and yeah. to talk about these kind of things and connect with people exactly um so I got my first DSLR when I was 14 or 15 mm -hmm. for that I've kind of borrowed my dad's um, but that was a big thing for me that I, and, you know, I started to do online courses about photography. Great. Um, but I wasn't sure if that was something that I could focus on or if, you know, if okay. it was, if I could build a career as a photographer because uh -huh. it's a creative industry and yep. <laughs> lots of people think like, oh yeah, that's a great hobby, but what are you actually going to mm. do? What are you going to earn your money from? Um, so after, so I didn't do media or anything like that on college okay. or at college, but after that, um, after college, I decided to no, I'm actually going to spend more time doing photography because it is what I love and yeah. that's my big passion in life. Yeah. So I studied fine art photography in Sweden Great. and it was an amazing year with just focusing on focusing only that because it was in a tiny tiny little village in Sweden called Gamlebu and uh, there was nothing else to do but to spend time in the studio and editing and you spend time with like-minded people and it was so creative and also I had my first exhibitions oh wow um which yeah I've realized that that time that I what were they like your first exhibitions it was really fun it was group exhibitions was so it scary no not it was a lot of hard work and obviously yeah. I was nervous beforehand yeah and you know printing that's such a big thing to yeah. be able to see see work printed and not just on screens because it's such yes, a big difference course. color wise and and seeing oh, I actually made this and holding it proud. in your hands yeah for sure <clears throat> uh, and start to question what I want with photography mm -hmm. is it just the aesthetics or do I want like a message behind it because mm -hmm. uh, before that I was I thought that I would, was going to be a fashion photographer yeah you mentioned that yeah because that's so creative and I just saw an exhibition by Tim Walker at the V&A mm -hmm. and wow 
fashion photography is amazing when yeah. you have like all the resources that you might yes. not have uh, when That's you do fine point. art photography but then on the other hand it's a very pro- problematic industry fashion yes. um as i think all of our listeners know yeah um in terms of body image uh, and um you know what is promoted and what is mm. is acceptable within the fashion industry so yeah so what's your motivation now behind your photography with portraiture and capturing people mm. you know obviously with fashion as you say there's you know it's problematic there are mm. issues there mm. what do you like to capture and achieve with your photography now i i focus a lot on combining photography photography with my feminist activism Mm -hmm. it's pretty much what I do um also I do like headshots from time to time where it's uh only like no message just like photos of people's faces um but last year I only did women of my generation pretty much yeah um and amazing project yeah I you know the first from January till March because I had actually had a deadline in March on International Women's Day. Yes, of course. That's when I first exhibited it. Um, so that was great to have kind of a goal. So every yeah. weekend I spent in different wow. women's houses, um, taking photos of them in their underwear in their bedrooms. Wow. Um, so that was a lot of fun, and you know I just decided that I want to continue to yeah. do this, so I still do it. How was that experience? How was your experience in the f- with the first person that you went and took a picture of them in their underwear in their bedroom, going into their space? Yes. What was that like? It's so intimate and um, I was overwhelmed by how much all these women share their own experiences and what, mm. you know, they are so open about how they feel about their bodies And that's always something that I want to talk about. Like sometimes before the shoot, I talk to my models for two hours beforehand, Mm -hmm. just talking about these kind of topics. Um, Because I I genuinely think that you can see in the photos if there's a good connection between the photographer and the model. Um, I've had models being really, really anxious beforehand. Mm. And then it's definitely my job to make them feel more comfortable. Because yeah. otherwise, you know, the whole po- point with this project is to make the women feel more secure and more confident. Not just the women who see the photos and see the beauty and diversity, but also for the women who take part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been incredible to do it mm-hmm. and like I said I just want to keep doing it what was your motivation behind doing that particular project what were you looking to I capture just, there with women yeah just fed up with uh media's <laughs> um you know beauty standards yeah. and the the need for perfection in a way yeah. and there's that's especially only... when you're in underwear or a bikini exactly. or you know bikini body mm, all of that mm. stuff and I think it was Alice Dumbo who said in the first episode that we are so not used to seeing women sitting down in the yeah. underwear which I, I hadn't even thought no, about me it either um but that's so true that in fashion magazines or in any lifestyle or whatever Instagram yeah. women always stand up because we are taught that that's the most flattering angle. Um, So I really wanted to 
question the beauty standards and also show that beauty exists in all forms, mm-hmm. uh, whether about um, body size or social economical background, or sexuality, like yeah. anything. Um, and also as a young woman myself, I know how much impact media has on body image mm-hmm. and statistics shows the same. So this is my like contribution towards like questioning it and trying to challenge it and change yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so great. <laughs> yes. And it's such a great collection of images as well. I mm. feel very privileged to be a part of it. And I went and saw my portrait in my undies on my bed Mm. in the feminist bookshop in Brighton and I felt so proud Mm. and I came upstairs and I said to the person at the counter oh that's just I'm that's me down there (laughs) (laughs) and it was so nice so thank you for letting me be a part of that thank you for taking part Um, of it so obviously you are an activist Mm -hmm. when it comes to you know your feminism and your body positivity Mm. and you know, saying fuck you to the fashion industry, yeah, essentially, yeah, right? You. But you're also an activist um, with domestic abuse charities. So if you mm. could tell us about that. Yeah. So I started volunteering at the women's shelter in Malmo, where I'm from in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was in 2015. Yeah, it was because it was after I graduated from my photography studies. Mm. And I had lots of time. I was kind of freelancing as a photographer and working part-time in a in a camera store. And then I had all this time that I wanted to do something meaningful with. And I'd been part of an um, organisation before, like during my college years, uh, which had, like, the aim with that organisation was to encourage women to, you know, to be more confident and... Yeah to understand their rights okay so it was a group of us who met i think was twice a month and just talked about human rights and Mm -hmm. women's uh, place in society and just learning a lot that was a big wake-up call for me i was 16 at that point wow (laughs) so that's was that's when i started to call myself a feminist wow at 16 yeah yeah Gosh, I wish I started calling myself a feminist. I knew about it at 16. Mm. How amazing it would have been. <laughs> it was still quite stigmatised at that point. Yeah. Um, but then, um, yeah, I just learned, you know, of course I'm a feminist. I, I believe in uh, women's rights and in yeah. equality. Um, <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's hard because there's, again, so many prejudices surrounding that word yeah. and, and what it means. Um you know, have you seen that meme when people say, oh, oh, no, I'm not a feminist, I just believe in equality. It's like saying, uh, no, I don't like water, I prefer H2O. <laughs> and it's so true. <laughs> I just like to call it by a different name, even yeah, though it's exactly. the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, back to uh, the women's shelter. Yeah. Um, so I've been, you know, learning about feminism and... Um, so I started to think, what can I do with all this time? I don't have much money, but I have a lot mm. of time. What can I do? It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So I saw that this women's shelter were looking for volunteers. So I had to like apply for, for a role there and I got mm-hmm. interviewed um, and then I was also trained so that when I got the when I was told that I um, that, you know wasn't allowed to be a volunteer well, I don't know how to put it okay um, yeah yeah but um, then I was trained there um, and we talked about how to approach women who suffer from domestic abuse yes. how how you can you know, support them in the best possible way. Um, so, yeah, I spent quite a lot of time there the following two years, um, both um, on the phone, giving mm-hmm. advice, but also, you know, um, taking care of kids because this charity also, they had different flats in Malmö, okay. so safe houses yeah. for women who had to um, to leave um, their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was very involved with them, but also mm-hmm. I collaborated with the um, head of communication at the women's shelter because of my experience as a photographer previously. Yeah. Um, so it was very mutual decision that we both said, oh, we could do something together with yeah. combining photography and raising awareness of yeah. domestic abuse. Because obviously these charities work a lot to... Um, to help people who are already suffering, but it's also yes. very important to prevent it from happening. To yeah, so people. not just a reaction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we created this photo series, um, but it's really tricky to do projects like this because obviously you don't want to put people in danger. Yeah, of course. So I decided to use other volunteers like myself at okay. the shelter as models and... I made that decision because I, first of all, didn't want to show the faces of the real victims. Of course. Uh, secondly, I thought it was important that the women in the pictures knew what domestic abuse was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't want it to be like um, theatre or anything like that. Okay. So um, we talked about different stories we've heard uh, during okay. this photo shoot. And also there was two makeup artists from the theatre in Malmo, mm-hmm. who helped us out. So we had, you know, loads of conversations with them before the actual shoot mm-hmm. um, to make it, you know, so they understood what it was about and so they could recreate the wound, the wounds that we've seen on the actual victims. Yeah. Um, so it was a really difficult yeah. day, that photo shoot, Um and I didn't tell any of the models to pose or how they should stand. Um, but when looking at the photos, you can really see the sadness in these yes. women's eyes because yes. we've all heard so many stories and it's horrible to know how common it is. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was important to raise awareness that it's, there isn't a typical victim or a typical mm-hmm. perpetrator. It happens 
it can happen to anyone, regardless of age, um, regardless of ethnicity or yeah. social background, class. It, it happens everywhere. Yeah. And that is really important that we know that. So people who have the courage to open up, that they know that they will actually be believed. Yeah. There, there are loads of cases when... You know, women speak up and they are met with saying, "Oh, not him. He's so nice. Yeah, and he he's just he, doubt. Yeah, he and comes from a good background. Mm, and, and like that even matters. Exactly, it really doesn't. And that's so important to talk about. Yeah. Um. So I've exhibited that exhibitions uh, quite a lot in Sweden mm-hmm. and a few times in in England as well. And I've talked about art and activism. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a it's a, at the same time, fantastic um, set of photos. But like you say, it's very difficult yeah. to look at because you have captured it so well. Mm. But exactly because it's difficult is why we should be looking at yeah. it. Yeah, and it was really difficult to do it as well. And also afterwards, because it really affected my you know, ability to trust men. Okay. Constantly hearing all these stories. Yeah. Um, but again, I turned to photography to deal with most of my emotions. In okay, a way. I see. Um, so I started a, li- a small project that might continue called A Men I Trust. Yeah, I've seen a few of these mm. on your Instagram. Yeah, because I actually talked to um, the office manager at the women's shelter. I asked mm-hmm. her, how do you do this? I was only a volunteer. I wasn't even there every day. Yeah. She was. And I was like, how How are you able to trust men? Or how do you deal with deal with all these emotions that you must yeah. feel? And how, how, yeah, how do you leave it behind like a, exactly. at work? Because it's not just work. No, no. It? But she just said talking to people. And mm. when I was a volunteer, that was a big thing that we were always able to talk to each other and we could talk to um you know professionals at the shelter as well okay. and, and deal with whatever we saw uh, but after I've left it when you know moving to UK that was really hard that still having all these uh, knowledge uh, and mm-hmm. um about domestic abuse but not really knowing where to turn to yeah um so I talked to her about it and she said well you know, surround yourself with men you actually trust because there are some really good guys out yeah. there. And that's something, like, I have to work on. Yeah. Um, it's a conscious yeah, decision. It is. I don't want... Action. Exactly. I don't want to dislike men or believe that all men have had. Of course not. That's yeah. not good for yeah. me or them. Uh-huh. So it's something that I constantly have to work on. Yeah. Wow. And I, um, I was wondering, just going back to when you said you were trained um, to obviously um, help victims uh, or survivors of domestic abuse, yeah. I was wondering if you might like to share some some ways in which, for any of the, the people listening mm. um, that are similarly. Um, having to deal with that with close you know loved ones of theirs Mm. if you might have some I don't know how to say it not tips but Mm. advice on on how to 
talk to someone, help someone who um, is experiencing domestic mm-hmm. abuse? I mean, the key thing is listen. Yeah. Um, and be there for someone. It can it's, again, it kind of depends if it's a professional uh, conversation or if it's a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can, it's... If it's someone who reaches out to you and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to ask them, then listen and validate their feelings. Because yeah. often they don't think that, uh, oh, it's not as bad as it could be or, you know, there's different kinds of violence. So it's not just mm-hmm. physical, it's psychological, it's sexual. Yeah, of course. Economical when, you know, your partner has control over your money so you mm-hmm. literally can't leave them because you don't have any money. There's so much uh, involved. Um, so, you know, validate their feelings. Um, yeah. And because often they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can talk about this or I don't know. He's not that bad and it's not that bad. And because yeah. it's something that happens gradually. Yeah. You know, it's very uncommon that you are together with someone who's horrible to you from day one. They can be really, really super friendly, but then start to slowly manipulate you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also, you know, not being afraid of saying this is what you are going through. Like this is actually yeah. abusive. Yeah. Um, as an out, as someone outside of the situation yeah. who can assess it maybe exactly. a little more clearly. Yeah. Okay. Because. Um, Sometimes they might not come to you and say, oh, I'm experiencing domestic abuse. That's very uncommon. Yes, of course. It's just yeah. like something feels a bit wrong. Yeah. Um, so not being afraid of saying like, this is this is not what it should be like. Yeah. Um, listening and if you know where they could turn to, mm. uh, that they are women's shelters, um, yeah. both in England and Sweden. Uh, and also, if you don't want to take the step, that big step there, you can just call a call a phone number and mm-hmm. talk. You don't even have to say your name. Okay. Just to talk to someone who is a professional. Yeah. Um, and it's a big thing just believing them and saying like, yeah, yeah I, I believe you. So they can believe themselves exactly. almost. Okay. Because that's a big fear. That's really great advice. Thank you. Now you've also um, you also went to speak at the parliament in yes. Sweden, yes, I, I believe, did. Mm. Um, which was also related to your activism with domestic abuse. Yes, it was. So that was actually in two two thousand seventeen, and yeah, winter November, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a big thing. Obviously, um, look at the smile on your face yeah. as you're about to talk about this. <laughs> It was an amazing moment. Yeah, it was. Um, Not that I could understand, mm, but to see you mm, in Parliament speaking. mm, mm. Um, So I both showed my photos there and we invited some politicians and we had a seminar as well. So the Women's Shelter of Malmo and then uh, the nationwide uh, organisation as well. They had Mm -hmm. um, people speaking there. Um, it was very, very emotional. I'm sure. Um, lots of people got very personal and shared their own experiences because, again, it's so common. Uh, so if you're in a room with 50 people, there will be loads of people who have experienced yeah. it th- themselves. So loads of people cried. 
Um, and then I got to speak at the end of it as well, talking about my project, but also where why I got involved in the sense that I had so many friends who had mm-hmm. experienced it. And I started my speech by saying I feel lucky not having experienced it. Yeah. And that is so bad that I feel lucky. Yeah. That's it's a human right not to experience yeah, it. Yeah, it's not luck. No, yeah. it's not. It shouldn't happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm really glad that I had that opportunity to go there. Yeah. And the day after, we actually had a school class coming to see the exhibition as well and we talked oh. to them. And there, there were some girls who there and then realised that, oh shit, I've actually... Oh my goodness! Experienced this myself. How old? How old were the girls? Um, teenagers. Yeah, um, maybe sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, because um, again, it can be really difficult to realize that um, they have been the victim mm-hmm. of domestic abuse. That it's not just physical, but so much more. It's a lot to do with control, mm-hmm. um, power, isn't it? Power, power, and control. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so. But, but yeah, by spreading awareness and talking about it, women in particular will know their own rights in yes. a way. And, you know, realising their self-worth. Yeah, yeah. And feel empowered enough to make some change, even if it's just within their own minds. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Which is, so, like, it's really difficult to... People say, "Oh, why don't you just leave?" But there's so much down to it's just not so, that simple. No, no, it really isn't. Um, and not just in terms of people who have family. That that's an, a different level. That's obviously really difficult when there's children yeah. involved. But also thinking again, you normalize it. You don't see it as a problem, maybe. Yeah. And you are taught that you aren't worth more yeah that's what you deserve and and that partner is usually very kind sometimes and say oh I'm so sorry this Mm. will never happen again and if you actually love that person then it's really difficult to leave even though you might deep down know that you deserve better Mm. yeah but it, it takes it takes so many things to be able to step into doing something about the knowing that you yeah, you have uh, to be knowing s- that you yeah. deserve better, mm, isn't you have to it? Be so brave. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of courage and and bravery and just yeah. Oh, yeah it's it's a, a deep topic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's really difficult to think about, um, but also so necessary to think about. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're doing is great, um, and everything that you've done, everything that you're doing just has got so so many powerful emotions behind it you're really doing fantastic work and I'm so happy to be able to share you (laughs) my amazing friend Fanny with the rest of the world so thank you so much for doing this and chatting to me and chatting to us all about you and why you're doing the things that you're doing thank you Thank you for taking this role. (laughs) (laughs) 
it feels really nice to be able, yeah, to be able to interview you, my friend. I'm really, really happy to. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.